everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is Season 2, Episode number 18, and it's being brought to you today by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City's helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. Now, if you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. All right, first show of 2022 and news to report. When you tune in to the television broadcast of tonight's game between the Grizzlies and the Brooklyn Nets from Barclays Center at 630 Central on Valley Sports Southeast, you will not see me, nor will you see Brevin Knight. Uh, both of us now are in health and safety protocols. I entered protocols uh, this morning. Uh, my test yesterday administered by the team did come back positive, and so I will continue to test and step through the protocols and be back as quickly as I possibly can. Same for Brevin. So tonight, Rob Fisher will have the play-by-play, and he will be joined by Grind City Media's Michael Wallace. So we continue to fight through the uh, pandemic and the Omicron variant of the virus, and uh, it's becoming more and more of a struggle. Grizzlies also lost Kyle Anderson to health and safety protocols uh, yesterday. And so the Grizzlies, uh, they signed Daquan Jeffries and probably will have to sign somebody else now. I don't know who, if anybody is coming off protocols, uh, it's kind of a revolving door at this moment. And uh, it's it's a very, very difficult time. As I said, both I and Brevin Knight are in health and safety protocols. Uh, that does not preclude us from conversing via Zoom. And uh, both of us are in isolation, but uh, we did get together on Zoom. And so Brevin will be our friend of the program, and that will come up a little bit later on. I've also got some PD's points as the Grizzlies wrap up a 12-4 and four month of December. We'll talk about uh, some of the things that, that made that happen and some of the highlights there. Uh, but as per usual, why don't we just get started with that was the week that was, and we'll talk about uh, the San Antonio game on New Year's Eve. Grizzlies, of course, were coming off the victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, you're kind of wondering, are the Grizzlies going to be able to maintain their edge? It's a New Year's Eve game. First time the Grizzlies have been at home on New Year's Eve. How are they going to react to a San Antonio Spurs team that, that has been up and down? Um, but they are missing DeJounte Murray, who is in health and safety protocols. And But they still have Keldon Johnson. Doug McDermott has, has been a good player for them. Uh, this year. Jakob Pertl is having a career year, so how would the Grizzlies respond? Well, the Grizzlies responded with a real strong first quarter, and John Morant putting up 10 points in the first quarter, hit his first three of the night, and the Grizzlies held San Antonio to 39% shooting, and they also forced three turnovers from a San Antonio team that doesn't turn it over very often. Grizzlies led it 32-26 after one quarter. Second quarter, uh, Spurs find, found their offensive footing, and uh, they did not turn it over in the second quarter at all. And they made six threes in ten tries, and that was a big reason, uh, a, a bigger part, five in ten tries in the second quarter. And the Grizzlies uh, saw their lead trimmed down to 63-61 after one quarter. Derek White had five in the second quarter, 10 for the first half, uh, nine in the second quarter off the bench for Trey Jones, who was having himself a fantastic game playing against his brother, 
Tyus Jones. Uh, Trey was four for four in the first half with three assists and had 11 points at the halftime break. Uh, So San Antonio shooting nine of 20 for 45% from three. Much better percentage, much higher rate from them than you would typically expect. And so uh, the Grizzlies realized that they were going to be in a battle in this one, and it was not going to be a walkover for them by any stretch of the imagination. Three-point ball is uh, what got San Antonio back in the ballgame. They shot themselves into the game with the three ball. They shot themselves out of out of the game, really, with the three ball in the third quarter. They went one of ten from three in the third quarter. Uh, John Morant who had 10 points in each of the first and second quarters, added eight more in the third. He was up to six assists without a turnover through three quarters. Grizzlies shooting 48% from the floor. And through the third quarter, they lead San Antonio 90-79, to starting to open up some space on the scoreboard. What was interesting about the game at this point, San Antonio is the number one paint scoring team in the league. They only have 34 paint points, and they're basically shooting under 50% from the painted area. So... Uh, their three ball dried up in the third quarter. They weren't scoring in the paint. The Grizzlies were able to build an 11-point lead. Uh, Grizzlies would go on to win this game. John Morant would finish with 38 assists and six rebounds in this game. Grizzlies win it 118-105. to They get a big game from Brandon Clark, 17 points, nine rebounds from him. And Tyus Jones off the bench, best scoring game for him this season, 18 points, four boards, four assists, two steals, and guess what? No turnovers. Kind of a typical game from him. Uh, Really enjoyed playing against his brother, Trey Jones, who finished with 13 points, three assists. So the brothers, Jones, uh, no turnovers in that game. They combined for seven assists and no turnovers. So remarkable game from them. Grizzlies win it 118-105. to Grizzlies get to 23-14 and on the season. Spurs fall to 14-20. and Grizzlies, a very successful 12-4 month of December. Best month under the stewardship of of head coach Taylor Jenkins. And so that is, that was the week that was. Okay, before we get to some PD's points, let's tell you that today's show is being brought to you as per usual by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. They've got a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Now, of course, the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know, Someone's going to light the lamp. Could be in regulation, could be in overtime, could be in a shootout, but the red light is going to come on. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. So... Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's move onward into the program with Petey's points before we get to our friend of the program, Brevin Knight. Number one, Taylor Jenkins has to be Western Conference Coach of the Month. Uh, 12-4, and four, playing a, a, a portion of the month without John Morant. Uh, you know, winning at Phoenix, huge win. I know the Lakers are sub-500, but anytime you beat the Lakers, that, that's a big win. Grizzlies consistent throughout the month of December. 
played much better defense, one of the best uh, turnover ratios in the month of December, led the league in steals, forced turnovers, uh, had the best defensive rating at least going into the San Antonio game in the league in the month of December. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, Coach of the Month, and when you hear the conversation I have with Brevin Knight, we will get to what Taylor Jenkins is doing right with this basketball team right now. Uh, number two, Killian Tilly had his two-way deal converted to a full NBA contract. Very, very happy for him. Um, you know, he just makes winning basketball plays, and he's a guy that Taylor Jenkins can point on to on the bench and say, go in there and, and, and do something positive. I love his line from the San Antonio game. Only scored five points, but did have four rebounds, three assists, two steals, two block shots, made a three, made his free throws. He was a game-high plus 17 in that game against the San Antonio Spurs. Love that from Killian Tilly. Hustle, uh, gets the extra possessions, can make shots, just lays it all on the line every single game, and I'm just thrilled for Killian Tilly to get this opportunity for him. Final PD's point before we get to um, Brevin Knight. John Moran on a mission and playing with an aggression, playing with an edge, and yet playing within himself. Uh, you know, there would be times in the past where maybe John Moran would be a little bit out of control on his drives. He would try to dunk everything, uh, try to dunk over people. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But what I'm hearing and seeing from John Morant right now is someone who is starting to get in full command of his entire game, whether that's passing, whether that's defense, whether that's shooting. Uh, I think he's eight for his last 10 from three. You're now seeing him play at an all-star level, and he has blended seamlessly into this basketball team after there were some concerns because his team played so well while he was out. How would he mesh back in with this group? And I think once they got over some initial bumps in the road, it's all working pretty well right now. And when you have somebody of, of John Morant's talent and basketball IQ, you know that they're going to figure it out. And they, they have figured it out at this point and uh, just playing outstanding basketball. Should be an all-star. I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't really conceive of him not being an all-star this year. Uh, Grizzlies are obviously pushing fans to vote for him. Always a, a good idea. But um, it would just be crazy to think that he might not be an all-star this year. It'll be interesting to see because there's, there's a lot of fan interest outside of the Memphis market in John Morant. There's a lot of national buzz about John Morant. Buzz around a Grizzly player that we've never really had before. I, I know that... You know, every once in a while, somebody talking, you know, say nice things about Mike Conley or Marcus Saul or, uh, you know, some of the core four. They, they, they'd say some nice things. This is, without question, the biggest star power player the Grizzlies have ever had. And so he's getting some national run. He's getting a lot of national attention. And I think that because of that, and because you do have fans around the world who are intrigued by John Morant, and it's not just the fans of the Memphis Grizzlies, it's not just people in Memphis who love what he's doing, I think there's a decent possibility that he could be an all-star starter. Now, I know, you know, Devin Booker's going to get a lot of love. Obviously, Chris Paul's going to get a lot of love. Uh, Steph Curry, certainly. Um, but at least Ja's in the conversation. Maybe. Wouldn't that be cool if Ja could be? An all-star starter, 
That'd be really cool. Would be really, really cool. Hopefully, it'll happen. Not sure that it will, but it, it's pretty cool to think about. But the Grizzlies, a 12-4 and four month of December. Uh, John Morant and, and LeBron James probably up for Western Conference Player of the Week. Taylor Jenkins, I, I'm trying to think if there's another coach in, in, in the Western Conference outside of, you know, Steve Kerr, Monty Williams that, you know, would, would give Taylor Jenkins a run for his money. But I think with what Taylor did in the month of December – with the hand that he was dealt with all the, the, the COVID issues and the Morant injury and to come out 12 and four against a fairly, fairly rigorous schedule. Yeah. I think he should be the Western conference coach of the month. Well, you've heard enough from me. Let's hear from my broadcast partner, our friend of the program today, the one and only and currently in isolation. Like me, Brevin Knight. Brevin, this was a fantastic month of December for the Memphis Grizzlies. Where did you see the largest area of growth, you think, from November to December that allowed them to win 12 games in a month? Well, the biggest area was was creating a defensive identity. I thought that in the, the beginning of the year, uh, they were so focused on the offensive end. The score. Not that they weren't focused defensively, but offensively they were playing so well that you felt like you had a chance to win every night because of that. But the flip of it was you had the ebbs and flows where you would win a game, lose a game, win two, lose to it. You could never really find uh, consistency, and that was because defensively they didn't have the consistent, uh, I'm not going to say effort, but the consistent execution defensively. And I, I think that in December there was a shift in some way to uh, minimize what they did on the defensive end. And because of that, I thought then, they were able to lock in a lot better. And, and so they were able to combine their effort and the execution. And with that combination, they were able to stop teams, but they still kept their offensive edge. So because of that, uh, you still, we saw just such a, a drastic change uh, from month to month. And then when Ja comes back, first game, it was it was a little shaky, uh, you know, and, and some knucklehead courtside decided to say something. But since then, he has been absolutely on fire what was your take on him getting back into the starting lineup and why he has just taken off in, in just such an amazing all-star trajectory over the last couple of games? I felt like he came back trying to fit in to what the Grizzlies had done to win the 10 games um, while he was out. Uh, and, and so because of that, he wasn't himself. It was, it was sort of a passive brand of basketball for him. Uh, and, and then I, I, after you got a couple of games, you know, they had a couple of losses. And then, but it was also him getting his legs underneath him, getting his foot in, because it wasn't just the injury that took place; it was the health and safety protocol. So now you you lose the ability to even work out and get yourself ramp yourself up to come back and play. And so I, I just thought that it was going to take a couple of games for him physically to get ready, but also mentally to get himself back because you want you don't want to come back and be a disruptor of what has happened, but you also need to be who you are. And when he's who he is, then you see the results that you get. And so I just thought it was a lot of thinking and a lot of thinking by everyone um, for those first couple of games, but now they have settled back in nicely. He's aggressive as, as they, we need him to be in order to be successful. Uh, but I think the comfort of how they continue to play when they when he wasn't there, with the combination of him being there, has allowed this success. So big wins over Phoenix, very a, a close call at Golden State, which short of a Steph Curry supernova experience, Grizzlies might have won that game too. And then you come home 
after beating Phoenix and you beat the Lakers. You've been in locker rooms where you've been on winning streaks and you've, you've had big wins. How does a team maintain its mental balance that they don't get too full of themselves after a couple of big wins and, and then it goes south? How do, you, how do you keep the good good, I guess is what I'm asking. You, it's, it's not a conscious thing. That, that is what you have to do. And when you're in this mode, even when they were during, during the winning streak before Ja came back, we always said there was just a feel that we had. Even in games, when it may look as though it wasn't going right, you still felt as though they were going to win. And when Ja came back, I felt like those first couple of games, we lost that feeling because there's a lot of thinking. There wasn't just that playing anymore. But now that they have found that groove again, it is now just about just go out and play. Enjoy this feeling that you're having. Don't try to put it in any type of category or box of why you're doing Just continue to enjoy it, continue to execute on both ends. And so I think for them, that's all it is. Just continue to, to play off of this vibe that they've been able to have. And I think when I've had – I had one 10-game win streak in, in my NBA career, and the biggest thing we did was we never talked about it. It wasn't, it wasn't let's go – Let's make this seven-game win streak. Let's make this eight. It was just, we got another game. Let's play another game because we feel good. And I think if this, especially for a young basketball team, if they can not worry about the streak, uh, then they can continue to have a success. When you try to play to a streak, that's when things tend to not go your way. Ah, very interesting take. I like it. Um, part of the reason the Grizzlies have had an edge this year, Dylan Brooks always has an edge, but Desmond Bain yes. does not – you said it even last year, late in the season. He doesn't look like a rookie. He looks like a second-year pro. He now literally is a second-year pro, but he's playing far beyond his years. When you look at his game, what impresses you most about Desmond Bain? Uh, it, the biggest thing I think that impresses me is not even basketball, and, and uh, it is his demeanor on the floor. Because if you, you think about it, he started off the year hot. And then he hit a streak where he just couldn't. The ball wasn't going down. And that's the nature of basketball. You're not going to make shots all the time. But it never changed his, his attitude and how he approached the game. He didn't stop running hard on offensive end. He didn't stop taking good shots. He didn't force shots. Defensively, he was not a liability. In fact, he's a guy that you can count on for giving you a physical brand of, of defense also. And so – his skills are what they are, but in order for you to get the most out of your skills, you have to have the right demeanor in this game. And I think that is something that is a huge asset for him in that we'll watch games and he can be stone-faced throughout a game, but he has an edge to him. And we didn't see it last year, not being able to be close, call games, see guys up, up close. We couldn't see that. But now being able to go to the game and see and be able to watch a guy, not just with what the camera is showing you, you're able to see that there is a swagger, there's a level of intensity that he plays with that, is, that doesn't take a backseat to anyone, but it's not as demonstrative as other guys. And so that demeanor, I think, has allowed him to just flourish into the player that we've seen this year. It's kind of that quiet fire that you see in some guys. Yeah, you're right. He's not overly demonstrative, but you know that the fire is there. Let's talk about Hold a on, guy. No, Petey, no, he's like almost. What was that? In a different way, Mike Conley. Mike Conley, okay. It's, it's, it's similar to that where we always would be like, ah, oh, come on, Mike. But Mike was a competitor. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't an overt competitor. Right, right. He wasn't demonstrative. He didn't get in your face. He was very quiet. But, yeah, he had that competitive fire 
that yes. under a very calm surface burn very, very hot. Yes. What, let, let me ask you about a guy and good for Killian Tilly, who started the yep. year on a two way contract. They have now converted that to a full contract. You know, the, the numbers don't jump off the page, but yet he seems to make winning plays all the time. What, what, what do you see in Killian Tilly's game and, and what value he's added to this team? I'll tell you this much. Killian Tilly sat over there and watched John Conchar. He said, uh-huh. well, number one, how can I get on the floor? And getting on the floor means doing all of the little things. Now, we know what your skill is, a standstill shooter. That's what, that's what they uh, – uh, a stretch the floor big. That, that's what you came in. But what he said was, I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but how can I get on the court? And right. Getting on the court is doing the intangibles. Make your shots when they're there, and he's done a good job of, you know, maybe here and there you get a little hotter than other times. He showed us something that off the bounce, the dunk uh, in, in Phoenix off the baseline. He showed that he, that he has that, that in him. Uh, but the biggest thing that, that I have noticed uh, is just him, the rebounds, deflections, he makes winning – the thing we used to say about Conchar before this year and the making the, the threes and the offense was they make winning plays on the floor, and that's what he has done this year. He has made winning plays. He's made it very easy for Taylor Jenkins to look down and say, Tilly, let's go. And, and that is what – that's what you want to get accomplished in the NBA. You want your head coach under any circumstance to still feel comfortable, as, especially as a bench guy, to put you in or a role player to put you in and you're going to play your role to a T, and he has done that uh, beautifully this season. I thought it was interesting. I, I was talking with Jason March, who's coaching the Memphis Hustle, and I asked him about Conchar and what value he brings. And Jason made the point that possessions in the NBA game are so incredibly valuable. Do yes. you have a guy, not just that can score, but do you have somebody that can get you extra possessions? And extra possessions could be deflections that lead to steals, could be block shots. And you look at Tilly's line from the San Antonio game, and he's stealing the basketball, he's rebounding the basketball, he's blocking shots. So he's giving you those extra possessions. And I, and I think that's another thing, too, that if a coach can put you on the floor and realize that you can get us three or four extra possessions on a night maybe when you're not shooting your best, uh, those, those are particularly valuable. Yeah, you th- combine that with Steven Adams, what exactly. he does on the offensive glass. Now you are th- – this team is – you're out shooting your opponents, maybe not by percentage, but by field goal attempts is what you do. Yeah, and the Grizzlies have had a couple of games where they have where they have topped the century mark in, in field goal attempts. Final right. thing before I let you go, you've played for a lot of coaches, and, and you've played yep. some for some really good ones like Mike Fratello, Jerry Sloan. What about Taylor Jenkins? I mean, obviously he's pushing the right buttons and you've been in a lot of locker rooms. You dealt with a lot of coaches. What do you see that Taylor Jenkins is doing really, really right with this team? Well, first and foremost, I, I, I see him as a player's coach, which is, which is first, but he's not a player's coach in terms of, I'm going to let you do what you want. You, no, there is a structure to what they do, but he allows you to play within their boundaries. You still, you have, you can, you know, he doesn't take someone's creativity away from them in terms of playing. Very good communicator. He is, they are good in terms of executing out of timeouts that, but the biggest thing that I, that I, I give him credit for is that we have never seen a drop off, no matter what the player's situation is in a the game. There is always going to be the effort. There will always 
They're they're going to execute uh, to the best of their ability. Now, does that mean a finish of a basket? May not mean that all the time, but you can see there is a pattern to how this team wants to play, and it's from one to now. You say twenty three. I don't know how many people we're going to have by the time this Lots. is all said and Lots. done. Exactly. <laughs> but but the messaging, and I always say for NBA coaches, X and O's is is the is is the side product. The biggest thing is, can you communicate well enough to your guys that you get them to play to the best of their ability every night? And that's what he has been able to do. The X and O, they do a good job, whatever. We all, every team scouts everybody. You know what everybody's running. But can your guys run it hard every night? Can they, if you take away the first option, do they run it immediately into the second option? Those, to me, are the signs of a good coach. And, and he has continued to pass every test that there is in terms of uh, the how good guys have continued to get in terms of their individual development, but also the team development has continued to get good. And, 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 be, and the reason for that is direct result from he and his coaching staff. Really appreciate Brevin stopping by to have a, a conversation. Uh, these, these, these are frustrating times for us. Uh, it's frustrating to get that positive test, to know that you have to sit out, to know that you uh, – are going to miss games. And, um, you know, so we continue to test to make sure that uh, we will be uh, non-infectious going forward. And uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, we will be back courtside. For the time being, uh, the Grizzlies broadcasts will not travel. You got the two-game road trip tonight in Brooklyn, tomorrow night in Cleveland after a home visit uh, by the Detroit Pistons. Grizzlies will go on the road west to L.A., play both of the L.A. teams on a back-to-back. We will not be traveling to either of those road trips, and everything will get reevaluated uh, a little bit later on this month to see if we're going to be able to go back on the road. By that time, hopefully Brevin and I will have cleared protocols and, uh, and we'll be okay to travel. But, uh, again, the NBA as a whole, Grizzlies, uh, Grizzlies broadcasting, we're all dealing uh, with the Omicron virus. Uh, thankfully, we're all vaxxed and boosted, so we're not feeling symptoms. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the discomfort is, is, and disruption, we hope, is fairly minor, and I hope to be back sooner rather than later. That does it for this edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 